Welcome to Bovine Banter with the Penn State Extension Dairy Team. I'm Carly Becker, and I'm a dairy educator based in Lancaster County. Joining us today is Tony Brubaker. Thank you for your time, Tony. Could you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself and your dairy? Uh, thanks, Carly. Yeah. Yeah, my name is Tony Brubaker. I'm a partner in Brubaker Farms LLC in Mount Joy, Pennsylvania, Lancaster County. And um, I am in partnership with my brother, Mike, and my nephew, Josh. And uh, we currently have about 1,330 milking and dry cows. Uh, we raise all of our own young stock. Our, all of our cropping, we raise uh, all the forages and corn for grain, most of our soybeans, straw. Great. And you all have two facilities that you raise animals in, correct? Yes, we have uh, two milking facilities. We call Dairy One and Dairy Two, uh, but we run both as one herd. So we have at Dairy One, we have all the transition cows so that when they're dried off, they're all at Dairy One. The, the fresh cow group is at Dairy One. All the calving is at Dairy One. And we have the hospital cows at Dairy One. Dairy Two is uh, a newer facility, and we focus on uh, milking a second plus lactation animals at Dairy Two. Okay. Yeah. So moving into our topic of today, we're going to focus on cow comfort and how you all deal with cow comfort at your dairy. So how would you define cow comfort, and how do you think that it can relate to production and the bottom line for a dairy farm? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously a definition of cow comfort is anything that helps a cow stay comfortable and, um, and how it relates to production. I mean, you know, I think it's, it's like, you know, with people, if somebody is, is comfortable, don't have a lot of stressors in their life, they tend to stay healthier and tend to be more productive people, um, with a cow it's uh it's, it's similar we you know anything we can do to re remove any stress incidents anything we can do to make the cow's life better the cow is going to stay healthier and therefore more productive definitely agree with all that so you you mentioned that dairy 2 is newer a newer facility so when designing your dairy barns, even at Dairy One as well, what are some basic principles that were the top priority for you and your partners to include? Yeah, well, the interesting thing is, so, you know, our dairy has grown incrementally over the years. We built our first facility at Dairy One, 300 stalls and a milking center in 1994. And the basic barn layout is not a lot different than the, the newer facilities would be, but uh, some of the differences are the stalls are shorter. The, uh, the outside row stalls are considerably shorter. When we put them in, the height that we had our free stalls was significantly lower. You know, so we've moved those up. We've uh, done things to kind of extend the stalls a little bit uh, in, in those groups. And, um, and another thing with that, you know, back in 1994, the idea was that you could put mattresses in and throw a little bit of sawdust in every three weeks, and you know that would work. We have found, of course, that to not be true. And yeah. um, now we, uh, of course, put as much bedding as we possibly can in. Uh, we put in three times a week. So moving on, as we've as we've built each stage, it, it seems as though the stalls get a little bit longer, a little bit bigger. The mattresses, we still do use mattresses. We do have some deep bed stalls. We bed with, with uh, biosolids, 
uh, but we do have mattresses in most of our groups and mattress designs, mattress uh, comfort has improved significantly over the years as well. So stall size, uh, what the cows are laying on. We're also at, at farm two, we have all water beds. That's what we've chosen to do uh, in that facility. Do you all seem to like the water beds? Do you see the cows using them? Do they seem comfortable? Yeah, uh, we've been very pleased with the water beds. You know, of course, we're always striving to try to figure out how we can make the cows more and more comfortable. Um, but we are committed to, to a mattress system. We have an anaerobic digester. Uh, we bed with biosolids. And uh, so the mattresses work really well in that system. What I do like about the waterbeds is one of the features I should say I like about the waterbeds is that they are going to have the same comfort level on year 10 as they do on day one because the water doesn't compress. And so that's, that's one of the things that really has drawn me to the waterbeds as, as an option. Although we have, we have um, more of the standard pasture mat type mat in other facilities, particularly where we have two-year-olds and they work really well as well. So, I mean, it's a lot of it has to do with how you manage the stalls and, and what you put on them. But um, yeah, that is what we've chosen to go with in our newer facilities. Definitely. And I've been out to a lot of farms around Lancaster County area. And it seems like some farmers think that just because they have a mattress or a waterbed or whatever the laying surface may be, they don't have to add bedding. So adding bedding on top of those mattresses is definitely important to increase cow comfort. So since originally building your dairy barns, have there been any updates or improvements made in order to increase cow comfort? In the barns? I know you said the one was built in 1994. Yes. Yeah, so like I mentioned, one of the biggest things has been um, the size of the stalls and the positioning of the, the free stalls, and particularly neck rail height and, and how far front it is. The stalls that we started with in 1994 are 48 inches wide. We have, we have continued with a 48 inch wide free stall through all of our facilities. But in the 1994 barn, the um, stalls, like the outside row on the stalls was uh, eight feet. And you know now the, the newer ones are nine and a half feet on the outside row. And the head-to-heads uh, were 15 and the newer ones are, are 16. And so that would be a big thing. Another thing uh, that would, would be different in 1994, we, we did put a, a soaker system in over the feed line, and, um, but the soaker system was a much lower volume system than what we have in now. Also, we did put fans in the barn. Interestingly, in that facility, I remember when we had an open house, we had 36 inch fans over the outside row, over the head to head stalls and over the feed alley. And they were located, if I'm remembering correctly, I think it was a 36-inch fan located 40 feet apart in the facility. And um, I remember people walking into the facility and just remarking how many fans there were and how impressive that was with all the fans. Of course, in today's standards, that that was way short on the kind of airflow that the cows need to stay comfortable. So... 
some of the things that we've done in like the original facility is we've taken out, or I should say we've taken, we've reconfigured all the original fans. We still use them all, but we put them all on the outside rows and a lot closer together. And then we added 48 and 52 inch fans over the feed alleys and the, and the head to head stalls, of course, a lot closer together than, than uh, what they even originally were. Um, and actually every facility that we've continued to build, the fans continue to get closer together. And yeah, we, we add more and more air over the cows. Yeah. So with these changes, um, adding more fans and putting them closer together, and then also the soaker system and increasing stall length, have you seen, were, have you been able to measure production or behavior changes in the cow? Well, I mean, you know, we're talking about 27 years. So the, you know, obviously genetics have improved, other management practices have improved. That's, that's always the challenge on a dairy farm is it's hard to ever have just one thing that's changing to, to quantify. But I will say that in 1994, we were thrilled when we hit the 20,000 pound herd average mark. And, you know, now the cows are over 30,000 pounds. And, um, you know, so what's contributed to that? I would say everything, you know, yeah. nutrition, comfort, genetics, management, just, you know, it's, you can't pinpoint one thing, but obviously you're not going to get the high production levels and, and meet, be able to have the cows meeting some of their genetic potential without keeping the cows comfortable and well-fed. Yep. It's never just one little thing. It's usually multiple things that are contributing to either an increase or decrease in production. Correct. So what cow comfort improvement would you say you have seen the most return on investment? I know that's kind of like building off of the other question, <laughs> but if you had to pick one thing, what was the, the best decision that you all made as far as cow comfort for your barn? Yeah, I had read this question beforehand and, and honestly, I look at it as to what I would be willing to give up on cow comfort and, and I, I can't pick anything out. I mean, it all plays together. I mean, the cows, I, I will say that having a good bed, a well-designed stall with lots of bedding on it is is critical from the the standpoint of you know hawk abrasions cows lying time the cow cleanliness which all plays into you know plays into your somatic cell count it plays into the mastitis incidence um plays into the longevity of the cows so i mean yeah you, you obviously you have to start with a good a good bed but you know a good bed without proper cooling you're going to you're going to get killed in in the hot weather so mm -hmm. You know, a great lying surface will work well six months of the year without without your cooling, but you're going to have six months of the year, particularly three or four, when you're just going to get, your cows will get devastated without proper fans and, and soakers. So um, I guess if I had to pick one, I would say probably the, the laying surface or access to food and water and, and walking surfaces, your, your basic basic, basic cow needs are going to be the most important. Yeah. And I was looking at the weather forecast for next week and it's supposed to be in the nineties, like all week. So uh, definitely that heat abatement is going to come in handy. Yeah, absolutely. So when discussing cow comfort, 
sometimes heifers and dry cows, they can be put on the back burner. Have you all updated or improved your heifer dry cow housing to help make these animals more comfortable? We have, I mean, we've, in 2009, we built a, uh, a new heifer facility to, we, we had heifers kind of here and there and everywhere in old buildings that were, you know, propped up with telephone poles and just not great. And uh, so we needed to do something. So in 2009, we built a, we built a heifer, six row heifer barn with uh, about 500 stalls in it. And we put rubber mats into the stalls for the heifers to lay on. And, uh, and that, has, that has been a tremendous improvement for the heifer's health, the, the facility alone. But recently we've actually just updated some of the rubber mats to a more, comfort, uh, more comfortable mat in the stalls. Uh, just we, we noticed that, you know, as our heifers uh, have gotten bigger, the rubber mat just wasn't offering quite enough comfort for them. And um, so we did improve some of those for the heifers. As far as the, the dry cows, uh, one of the things as we've we've grown, we have taken some of our original facility and turned it into dry cow housing. And so one of the things, and, and also with that, have partitioned off some of the groups and made smaller groups so that now we have an all in, all out uh, dry cow transition facility. So as cows are dried off, uh, they're, they're put in a group, usually about a 10 day period of time. And, um, and we also do commingle the, the springing heifers that are doing that same time period together. Uh, so that group will stay together the whole way through their transition period. But I am careful to not, I, I go one animal per stall in the transition facilities. I don't overcrowd those groups uh, just to kind of give them the best advantage they can have in that time period. I do, however, in our milking facilities, I'll go up to, I try to keep it at 115% stocking density. That seems to be what works well in our management system. Okay. Yeah. So now that we're coming to a close here, do you have one major takeaway message that you would like to share with other producers or other industry professionals as they aim to keep their cows as comfortable as possible? I mean, one takeaway is a, is a tough thing. But I will say the one thing that I think we, we can't forget, and this is something that I'm actually, it's, it's kind of something I'm really committed to right now, improving on our farm, is all the people handling the animals every day. The, um, you know, our guys have done a really good job, but I've just seen enough things uh, within the cow handling that I think it's an area that we we could improve on. So, you know, a lot of focus on training, monitoring, um, you know, giving thank yous and job well done to the, to the staff right now is where my, where my commitment is in that, because I really think we probably have another pound or two that we can gain just by every person that comes in contact with every cow every day, doing their job properly and how they're handling the cow, uh, being gentle, patient, letting the cows do their thing without, um, you know, rushing them. And, and uh, just, again, giving the cow a, a great experience every time, you know, they are in contact with, with a person. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up. Sometimes when people are handling cows, we can forget that they're naturally prey animals. So they're going to be stressed out from the littlest thing that we wouldn't think of, but makes them very scared and want to run away. So 
definitely training employees is super important. So thank you, Tony, for taking the time to talk with us today. And thank you to all of our Bovine Banter listeners. Don't forget to tune in on June 22nd, where dairy educator Amber Yetzi talks with extension ag engineer John Tyson about heat stress and the importance of heat abatement.